Hey, ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden, either way. I am still your host, and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of ooky spooky scary stories. How are y'all doing? I'm doing well. I hope you're also doing well. Right off the bat, I'm just gonna say it. I'm sorry, this episode is a day late. You may have seen my post on uh, the social medias. If you're not following, that's at Susto Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for any and all updates on the show. Time got away from me. I've been very busy with some really exciting things. By the time this episode comes out, you will have seen, I'm gonna make a post about the Susto face masks that I made for my best ghoul friends. So that's the $10 tier on patreon.com slash Susto podcast. If you want to support the show, you can sign it to be a patron. There's three levels, but the only people that got the mask uh, right now are those best ghoul friends, uh, along with all of their other perks, of course. But yeah, I I mentioned it last time, the last episode that I got a cricket and I was really excited to start making goodies for my patrons. And something really surprising happened. I, in like a practice run, before I made the math, I did the logo on a larger scale because I wanted to just test it out. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna make myself like a hoodie or a t-shirt. And I made a post on my personal Facebook page. And I said, I posted a picture of the vinyl cutout and of how it looked on a test shirt. I had just a random shirt I tried it on and, and I captioned it, test run number one, I'm gonna make myself a hoodie I'm super excited suddenly I started getting comment after comment and message after message of hey how do I get one of these I want one where do I purchase one so I started selling Susto uh, hoodies and t-shirts and uh, I have a a Susto hoodie and t-shirt with a plain white logo and a Susto hoodie and t-shirt with a chameleon logo and it's a kind of like a color shifting from like purple to green logo it looks really super cool so to everyone that has bought one thank you so much. I, I really was not expecting to sell that. Like I said, when I got this machine, my intention was to just make stuff for the Susto patrons, for the Susto fam. And it kind of, it blew up in a couple of days. Um, I, I mean, granted, I'm not selling like hundreds of shirts and hoodies, which would be cool and I'd be so down for, but um, I'm still super grateful to all of you who have purchased one. And if you want to buy one, I, I since then have posted on the Susto social media pages. If you haven't seen the post, uh, go ahead and send me a message on any one of those. You can also email me at sustopodcast at gmail.com and ask about getting your own Susto hoodie. Visit the Susto social media so you can see how they look. The chameleon one is my favorite one, of course, but it still looks just as good in the white logo. And they're, they're different prices. So yeah, if you're interested, just send me a message. Send me an email and I will reply to you and, I may, and I'll make you one because I am I'm making these things by hand myself. Like I cut out the vinyl with the machine and then I have to go in and remove all the excess vinyl and make sure the details stay behind and then I iron it on and so, yeah it's a whole process yeah hopefully I mean it seems like something I'm going to be getting into I've had people interested in other things and so if you are someone who's interested in having something made that way hit me up and I'm willing to work with you um, I'm going to probably get into screen printing soon i'm gonna get my own like decent industrial sized uh heat press so yeah i'm just i'm really excited about that i did not expect that to take off like that and it did and again i'm forever grateful for, for anytime someone is interested in anything that i'm doing but this was really cool and so yeah those of you that are patrons expect to get a new sticker of the susto logo because now i can make them myself i've already made some they look super cute and then i will be working on the exclusive holographic susto sticker i'm gonna do a new one i just need to find the right materials to make that happen because uh, again i'm doing this on my own now uh, and i love it i love it so much yeah i just i felt like leading with that because i am so i keep saying it but i mean it. i'm so excited about it 
And uh, and I hope you are too. And if you want to see more about that, again, follow the social medias, sign up to be a patron and support the show and get your own Susto hoodie. You know, people are out there with Susto merch and it, they look amazing. I know it's not always warm or it's not always cold in the valley and most of the time it's hot, but then you can just get a t-shirt um, if that's what you'd rather have. I'd prefer a hoodie because I like to be comfy at home like every day. And the masks, if anyone's interested in those, I'll tell you this, I am down to sell those masks. Right now they're only for the patrons, but if I do sell them, they're going to be at what I think is a high price. I know I've seen people sell other things, other masks for like a high price. And I and I understand because sometimes a lot of work goes into a product. So if I were to sell the mask, it would probably be something like $20, $25 maybe because to pull out the details on that small of a scale you'll you'll see it in the picture on social media it's really difficult and it takes a lot of time and so if anything you'd be paying more for my time than my material because it is pretty tedious but anyway that's all stuff we can talk about later you just you shoot me a message you reach out to me and, and i'll be like hey girlfriend what's up what can i do for you don't be shy. Never be shy. Um, as always, if you have your own stories that you want me to read on the show, if you have your own content, what have you, you can do so by sending me a message on the social medias, sending me an email, or if you're able to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on and leave your story in there as well. Otherwise, you can send me whatever video photo that you might have. And while we're at it, please, 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 like the show, subscribe to it, whatever you can do, however you can interact on the listening platforms, please do that. I would appreciate it so much. I have a, a video that I'm going to show you all, and I'm going to watch it right now too. A friend of mine sent me this video that they caught on their ring at home. There's a lot of things that are going to be on the Susto social medias this week. So uh, make sure that you run over there and you're following because there's some really cool stuff happening on there. But this video was so creepy. I'm going to read you the email that they sent me and show you and then you'll see the video on the social medias. But one more thing before I do that, um, big shout out to one of my best friends and a Susto best ghoul friend on Patreon. They are working with me and they volunteered to do the transcripts for the episodes. And I know that I've been talking about doing them and time keeps getting away from me. I have my lazy days. I have my distracted days, but it's going to happen. So again, if you know someone that would be interested in having the transcripts of the show, someone that maybe prefers to read, someone that is deaf or hard of hearing, and they are interested in podcasts because, like I said before, it's a push that's happening in the podcast community, making podcasts available to people who cannot hear or have trouble hearing or just want the transcript for whatever reason. It's a big push to to make podcasts available in that way for the people I just mentioned. So again, you can find that at susto.busbrot.com. That's where the show lives on the internet and that's where it's kind of like thrown out to every platform. But if you go to the website, go to episodes, select an episode and there's gonna be a tab on the page of the episode called transcript. And you just click on that and it's gonna be there for you. Boom, super easy and simple. So I'm gonna move forward and I'm gonna read this message that my friend sent me and then I'm going to watch the video so that I can you know kind of give you like a a, a rundown a breakdown of, of how it happened as I or how I reacted as I watched it so they said 
They messaged me and they said, I have a scary video for you. This happened last night at my Harlingen office. Oh, it was their office, sorry, not their home. Huge orb made the ring go off and computer goes on and something is said, but I have no idea what. Maybe you can tell me. And then I asked them to send me the video. They asked me if I heard what it said, but I didn't. So I'm going to play it right now. I'm going to play it into the microphone. And so maybe if I don't hear something, you'll hear it. I'm going to raise the volume on this a little bit. So just a warning, it might be a lot of like static or white noise but we'll see i'm gonna i'm gonna play that right now i'm gonna watch it with you all Okay. Oh, I got chills. Okay, so a couple things. I I feel like I definitely heard some like knocking around, like fumbling on like a, a desk or something. The computer, you could hear the computer going on and off. You heard the voice. It sounds it sounds almost like a machine, like a robot of something. I don't know. Let me go back. Okay, so I I, I tried to just look at what times I heard something. I heard something at like forty five seconds, and then I heard the voice at like one oh something 104 105 let me see i'm gonna play it again let me skip to those places let's see 45 seconds i'm gonna start it at 40. okay right when i started that you could hear kind of like a it sounds maybe like paper moving but nothing in the video moved let me try a little bit earlier i'm gonna try 37 seconds let's see that did you hear that not like doot, 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 doot. it's kind of like i don't know if y'all hear that i'm knocking on my desk let me try 37 seconds again listen you're gonna hear like a knocking sound that and then there's a clip okay we're gonna jump forward to one let's do one minute flat and then see, oh man, I didn't, I didn't even, this is the first time that I'm hearing that voice too, because when I listened or watched this video the first time, I really didn't hear it. And I was like, I'll listen to it later. So Danielle, I just heard it. I, uh, I'm gonna listen to it again before I make an assumption of what I think it's saying. So again, starting it at one minute. What, oh, what is that? Oh my God. Okay, so, okay, I'm gonna give you a second. I'm gonna try it, I'm gonna play it again. One more time to let you, the listener, make a guess as to what you think is being said. And then I'm going to give you a few seconds of silence. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I guess. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm so nervous. <laughs> okay, let's see. One minute flat. Here we go. Ready? Go. What in the, okay. One more time. Okay. One more time. And then you guess. Okay, what do you think it's saying? 
Okay, I'm going to say what I think it's saying. I think it's saying, so the first thought that comes to my head is jump around. That could be completely wrong. Here, let's see. Jump around. What is, oh my God. Oh my, oh Jesus Christ. My cat just scared the shit out of me. Margaret, <laughs> I heard like scratching and I literally jumped in my chair. I was like, what is that? There's a scratching post in our, my office, in our office. And really, this is the, this was the moment that you chose to do this. You thought this was the best time for that. She scared the shit out of me. Okay, I'm just, I'm gonna leave her alone because then she might just start meowing at me if I try and pull her away. So let's try it again. I hear jump around. Let's see what you hear. Jump around. Jump row. Is it, is it jumper owl? What the heck? Jump row. Uh, I don't know. Well, you know what? This video, thank you, Danielle, so much for this video. It's it's gonna be on the social medias. It's disgusting. And Danielle, I hope maybe this gave you a chance to hear what was being said a little more clearly. I have the, the luxury, if you will, of getting to edit the audio. So I'm gonna see. Okay, you all let me know. On the post for this episode, after you're li done listening or whatever, go back and listen or type in the comments what you think the ghost said. Let me know or send me an email or what what have you. Just, I want to know what, what you all think was said. It'd be fun to see that in the comments. Again, thank you, Danielle, so much. That was a perfect example of the types of things that I want you all to send to me. Again, send them through social media or email me. If it's a story, write it in the review. And you're going to see on the post on, on social media of this video, there's like a kind of like a huge orb that flies like across the computer and so it's 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 really interesting that the orb kind of does that and then after is when you start hearing the computer going on and off like the doo -doo -doo, doo -doo -doo. so oh my god oh my god it just struck me what if the orb was a spirit and it was trying to get into the computer and that's why it was making that noise and then when it finally got in the computer and it said something that's why it sounded like a robot to me at the beginning oh my mind that was that was great that was uh one of the best things I've had sent to me ever. So cool. So again, check it out on the social medias and send me your own creepy video recording, whatever it is. If it's scary, if it's spooky, send it my way because I'm going to eat that up. All right. So today's episode is going to be a little different. It's basically going to be like purely context. So all of the links that I use for today's episode, you're going to find them on the Susto Google Docs on patreon.com slash podcast. Patrons are the only people that have access to those documents. And so whatever links that I use today or whatever I read off, it's going to be in those uh, documents. Again, because this episode's a little different, I'm going to be talking about ojo or mal de ojo, which I know a lot of us are super familiar with. I remember many times as a kid, just random strangers touching my face or my little sibling's face when they were babies, like just literally random people coming up and like grabbing a child's face and being like, oh, they're so cute. I don't want to give them ojo or like a, a pet sometimes too, uh, which now that would never happen, which concerns me because it's like, so what's going to happen when someone realizes they're giving ojo to a baby, but they can't touch because it's COVID times? Is the baby just going to suffer now? I feel it's going to lead to an increase of uh, egg sales because if you grew up like me, whenever we were suspected of having ojo or suffering, suffering from mal de ojo, we would be rubbed down with an egg and prayed over and the egg would absorb 
the mal de ojo and then they'd crack it into a glass of water. Sometimes they would just leave it near you. Sometimes they would put it under your bed overnight. And then you read the egg whites and the bubbles and the yolk. And you, you know, you can tell like if you had a hole put on you or how bad it was or what have you. We're going to get into it. I'm going to read about it. I just wanted to share my experience growing up with ojo as a phenomenon and one of the remedies that I, again, experienced myself growing up. So let's go ahead and get into it. We're talking about mal de ojo today. Okay, so, I mean, one of the reasons I really didn't want to do or try and find like a scary story is, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't look for a scary, scary story about Mal de Ojo because I feel like there maybe wouldn't have been enough to put like a whole like full length story, like the ones that I do together for this. Um, and I have heard of some like spooky stories about Mal de Ojo, but it's not necessarily like a spooky thing. It's just, it's a thing that happens and it, it's a thing that I guess, we believe in as a culture and we're not the only culture latinx people or latin americans or more specifically mexicans like myself we're not the only culture that believes in this like this is kind of like a worldwide belief or experience and so i thought it'd be more interesting to approach this episode that way and the first link or the first page that i'm going to read off of i've used this website before it's the usc university of southern california their their digital folklore archives i i wish i would have looked up something or requested something from utrgv because i'm sure that they would have had something on this but i honestly i had this idea kind of last minute and i ran with it because i i'm i love it i think it's a great idea but this was one of the first things that popped up when you searched my little so this is uh, a test I guess you could say from someone the digital archives folks at USC took it down and they the informant info here is their nationality is Salvadorian they're 19 they're a student they're USC I'm assuming and the data collection on this testimony was April 27th 2013 and this is purely testimony so i'm going to read off what this person shared with usc they say so my mom has held this belief for a long time that there are like some people in the world whose stare or glance is more powerful than others or it's supposed to be scary and well because their stare is so powerful it has an effect on newborn babies you see that's what i was saying earlier it says and if these newborn babies looked up upon looked upon someone with such a stare they would like tend to get sick or maybe even die because they are too young to withstand the stare. I know, it's sad. So when I was a newborn, my parents were, you know, walking around with me being proud parents and whatever. When we came home that night, I began to get sick for the next few days and I threw up and wouldn't sleep and cried and was just like in pain. So my parents immediately took me to the hospital, but they could not find anything wrong with me and they couldn't explain why I was sick. And so finally, one of my mom's friends had a look at me and said, la niña tiene el mal de ojo which pretty much meant someone who had the evil eye looked at me and I got sick. Well, there are a few ways to cure that. The first is to let the person with the evil eye carry the baby, but my mom didn't know where to find that person because she didn't even know when it happened. Okay, see, and this is uh, so validating. This is, and so they're saying that that's one of the cures is for the person to 
touch or carry or, or, or interact with whoever they're putting uh, mal de ojo on. One version of mal de ojo that I heard of is it's when you when you look at something with envy or when you're adoring something. I guess you can corroborate it with this person's story by saying like most people won't know if they have uh, mal de ojo or if they have that much power in their stare or their glance and so it's kind of like it's kind of just like tradition in our culture that like when you're when you're doing that or when you're or when you compliment someone let's say someone's wearing like a beautiful piece of jewelry and you're like oh my god i love your necklace let me touch it please or let me, i'm gonna touch your necklace because i don't want to give you a hole it's kind of like a precaution you know it's really cool to hear this person saying that this person from california they're salvadorian and this is like they grew up that way too that they continue so instead she had to do something else she got an egg and passed it over my head three times while saying three our fathers at the end of the last our father the yolk broke inside and that and after that i almost instantaneously got better so then this story was passed down by her mom because the same thing happened to my aunt so again this is something that's happening generation to generation with uh, families and down here it says i'm not sure if this is still testimony from the person because it's out of quotes but it says every culture every culture has to have some scary stories or superstitions about the supernatural and i believe it is just a way to unite those cultures because they are all found under the same belief the way that fear is inflicted it helps people have stories to tell their children and generations to come even though this started a long time ago as a superstition it is quite strange that it is still so common nowadays for people to fear the supernatural thing that can actually harm people physically so yeah there you go even just that first this first page that I found was like super validating and it's really cool to know that basically like we share this experience this like worldwide phenomenon I'm gonna do just a quick search on where Maliojo originates I had a book somewhere here and I know that I I might have let me see if I marked it down. Give me one second. Okay, I, I have this book here that I have a lot of little books like this. This one is called Black Cats and Evil Eyes, a book of old-fashioned superstitions by Chloe Rhodes. I might have just seen this in passing at like a Barnes and Noble. That's one thing about me. Whenever I see books about like superstitions or like ghosts or scary stuff, like even if they're meant for like kids, I just I grab it and I'm like, okay, this is mine, I'm buying it. <laughs> so if you all see books like this or you know of books like this, um, let me know. Uh, send me a link. Or, or send it to me if you're feeling generous and I would greatly appreciate that. Um, so yeah, this book, it's just a collection of, like it says, a book of old-fashioned superstitions and Evil Eye is in this one. Let me find it real quick so I can... I wish I had marked this. There doesn't appear to be a table of contents. That's strange. Well, there is, but it's not very detailed. It just has all of them in one big section, but it's not a big book. So let me find it really quick. Oh, perfect. It's like near the beginning. Okay, so this is on this book. Um, I'll put a link in the Google Docs, but if you also want to look it up, it's called A Book of Old Fashioned Superstitions, Black Cats and Evil Eyes by Chloe Rhodes. On page 21, this says, The Evil Eye. Belief in the power of the evil eye dates back to the earliest civilizations, and references to it can be found aplenty in the writings of ancient Greek and Roman poets and philosophers, including Aristophanes, Plutarch, and Pliny the Elder. Put simply, it refers to the belief that those who possess the evil eye, sometimes described as a jealous spirit, again, very validating what I just said, <laughs> can put a curse on others, usually unintentionally, by gazing at them enviously. The evil eye is usually developed in a person by their coveting of the good fortune of another. Biblical references also exist. Proverbs 23.6 reads, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye. 
neither desire thou his dainty meat. Not sure what that means, but uh, this continues. Uh, the effects of the curse vary slightly between cultures, but the late American professor of folklore and evil eye expert Alan Dundes, Dun Dundies? I'm sorry, Alan. They wrote that while belief in its powers spread through the Middle East, Africa, and Europe, especially the Mediterranean region, with many variations in the methods used to avert it, the feared effects of being given the evil eye tended to be similar. Diseases related to dehydration, such as vomiting, wasting, or shriveling, sometimes resulting in death. Young children are believed to be at greatest risk of the evil line, perhaps since their beauty and innocence is most likely to attract envious glances. Praising the appearance of a child is also believed to attract the evil eye, so in many countries where belief in the curse is strong, it is customary to touch a child immediately after praising it in order to remove the curse. Again, validation continues. In Bangladesh, mothers of young women who are particularly likely to attract the envy of others through their beauty put a black coal mark behind their daughter's ear to counter ill effects. And coal is spelled K-O-H-L. It says, in the Middle East and in some Mediterranean countries, glass amulets showing a blue eye are worn on jewelry or hung over doorways to repel the eye's power. I've, I, I've seen that glass blue eye everywhere growing up. They sell it everywhere here in the valley and I, i've seen it other places too but it, it's just one of those things that so many people have is i have like two or three bracelets made out of those beads of that of that evil eye um and and yeah you see them everywhere and it's one of my favorite symbols because it's it's a worldwide thing and so yeah like if you don't know what i'm talking about i'll post a picture of that too of course there's gonna be a picture of it because that's what this episode is about it continues blue eyes are regarded as evil in these countries because they aren't usually found within the local population and the belief is likely to have underlined, have been underlined by the propensity of blue-eyed tourists to these areas for failing to recognize that photographing or cooing over children is frowned upon. Jewish tradition protects children from the eye by tying a piece of red string around their wrists. In Italy, where the curse is also believed to affect men and cause impotence, a hand gesture that uses the fingers as horns is used to counter it. I'm guessing like the kind of like the rock and roll finger hand thing. It says these days such preventive measures are usually judged to be effective, though in past times the prevalence of diseases causing dehydration in young children meant that many deaths were put down to the influence of of the evil eye. So one thing that I want to reference is it, it mentions in uh, some cultures how blue eyes were regarded as evil, and so they're I guess they're using that glass blue eye to like I guess to like reverse it, like a I'm rubber your glue kind of thing. I I think I read somewhere else that that belief also. They use the word tourist in this book, and this seems like a children's book, so I'm not gonna like hold it against them. But I read somewhere that that also stemmed from colonization. Typically, colonizers who have blue eyes, I mean, they would show up and do what colonizers do and destroy cultures and, and land and what have you. And so that the blue eyes were seen as evil because colonizers have had blue eyes and they were doing these things. And so that glass amulet kind of was, that's how, that's where that came from. But there are other origins of this. So there's this website, uh, it's 
from Doublebone. It says, The belief in the evil eye dates back almost 3,000 years to ancient Greece and Rome. It is one of the strongest symbolic images in the world. Wearing an evil eye as an amulet is believed to provide protection against evil forces. The evil eye has symbolism is almost in almost every country in the world and in every region, such as Judaism, Islam, Hindu, Buddhism, and Christianity. And this page has a lot of stuff, which is amazing. I'm going to read off just a few things from it. So the earliest known evidence for belief in the evil eye goes back to ancient Greece and Rome. It was believed that the evil eye was the largest threat to anyone who had been praised too much or received admiration beyond what they truly deserved. This continues. I'm going to skip ahead. It says a... A belief in the evil eye is widespread on every continent. The Middle East, Asia, Europe, and Central America all fear the evil eye. In Shahi Muslim Book 26, the Prophet Muhammad warns about the dangers of the evil eye and says that one must take a bath in order to counteract the effects of the evil eye's power. This part says the evil eye is a powerful superstition in India. Hinduism preaches that the eye is the most powerful point at which the body can give off energy. Thus, a strong fear of an evil look from the eye makes sense. The evil eye holds enormous powers. The Hindus fear that even an admirable eye can bring about ill luck, resulting in the supply of milk from cows drying up. Again, this idea dates back to the fear of undue praise first warned against in Greece. In fact, the Hindus will offer the admiring glancer a bowl of milk to counteract the threat of the evil eye. That is so cool. Love this. I thrive off of this. Reading about different cultures. Again, and here's this idea, the Hindus fear that even an admirable eye, like I mentioned earlier, it's one of those things like if you see someone, again, the example of like a piece of jewelry, if you're like, I love your necklace, let me touch it um, so that it doesn't break or it doesn't get lost or no one steals it. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I've, I've experienced that where I and it's gone both ways where I've someone I was looking at something that someone was wearing and I thought to myself, oh, I love that. Like, I wonder where they got it. Just like thought about it to myself, didn't say anything to them. And then the next day they mentioned they're like oh this thing i was wearing yesterday it broke like as soon as i got home or it broke like after we hung out and i'm like i'm so sorry i gave you a hole and again both ways it's happened to me too where i i had like a piece of jewelry or something what what my, what or like a a piece of clothing i talked to someone the next day and i'm like oh i got this huge stain on my shirt or or it happens in the moment when you're eating and i'm like oh my god i just spilled something on my shirt and the person was like i'm sorry i was staring at your shirt or i was staring at your food because i wanted it looked really good um, but yeah, this sort of thing, it goes both ways. And it's one of those things where you never know if you're intentionally giving off the evil eye, even if it's admiring. So I'm going to continue here. It says the Hindus believe that jealousy is at the root of the power of the evil eye, whether in the form of a malicious or admirable look. Interestingly, the Hindus teach that the times of change in life, as in during puberty, marriage, or childbirth, one is most vulnerable to the threat of the evil eye. Ooh, that's interesting. Because those are kind of moments when like a lot of attention is on you. You know, puberty, usually because your parents are like watching after you, trying to like guide you through this change in your body and your life. Marriage, of course, usually uh, marriages mean weddings and weddings mean a lot of eyes on you. Or childbirth, you know, it's, that's a lot of attention from a lot of people so I can see how that makes people more vulnerable um, it says Hindus believe that even animals such as the snake are capable of giving one the evil eye oh, I've never heard of this it says the Hindus believe that even though men are capable of casting the evil eye women are the most common sources of the glance for this reason in South India women will paint their eyelids black to protect themselves from the evil eye and to prevent themselves from eyeing another with the look that is so interesting uh, I mean again it's coming down to women are the ones that do 
most harm, which is not true, but that's what the belief is here. And that's interesting that they paint the eyelids black. I mean, so next time I see someone that has like a fierce smoky eye, I'm gonna be like, oh my God, I love your evil eye protection. And you'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Okay, so here, this is where it comes to South America. Here it says, in South America, Brazil holds a superstition equivalent to the evil eye known as the fat eye. Compliments, which are sincere, are not feared to cause the evil eye to attack as in other countries, but insincere compliments are put are thought to put one at stake. That's interesting. I wonder why they call it the fat eye. Let's see here. It says, in Europe, the myth of the evil eye also originated with the idea that envious or malicious looks had the power to bring about bad luck. The largest source of the evil eye was believed to be witches. Yet, yeah, those with eye colors, which were rare, were also seen as powerful possessors of the evil eye look. For instance, Germans feared those with red eyes. In Ireland, those with squinty eyes were feared to be evil eye sorcerers. In Italy, the unibrow was another sign that one would cast an evil eye. The fear of the evil eye did not carry over to America, except in the form of a metaphor. While the superstition is not intense enough to take precaution, the evil eye is seen as impolite and a warning that the source of the evil eye has bad intentions. Hmm. So, this part is interesting, and of course, Europe, this is like the origins. <laughs> of the, the European evil eye. But basically reading this, my takeaway from this portion, and that's just mine, I'm not telling you what to think, but my takeaway from this little paragraph I just read is that basically anybody whose eyes are quote unquote different, different quote unquote, are holders of the evil eye. So let's just read, okay. In Europe, the myth, largest source, powerful possessors of the evil eye, Germans feared those with red eyes. Which I'm not sure, maybe like, like when your eyes are red, like your eyes are tired or something. In Ireland, those with squinty eyes feared to be evil sorcerers. And in Italy, the unibrow. So these, I don't know. That's just an interesting thing to me that I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that, but I think that's something to think about. It's that it seems like these are all things that would be maybe not as common as like round blue eyes with hairless faces, you know? Okay. So I'm going to continue. So on this page, there's also a list of different places all over the world and how they say the evil eye or how it's known in their language. Just for the sake of time, because normally what I do when I can't pronounce something or I don't know how to read something in another language, I'll look it up like in the Swedish one and I'll try and find a pronunciation video. There's quite a few of these here. So just for the sake of time and honestly the painstaking editing, because it's just me editing, I'm just going to read out where they're from. And if you want to hear someone say it correctly, I encourage you to look it up from these places and to find the videos of these pronunciations. But there's Hebrew, Turkish, Italian, Farsi, Arabic, Scotland, Spanish, France, Germany, and Romans. This is interesting. And that's how it has these listed here. And of course, for Spanish, it's malo, ojo, malo, ojo, or uh, ojo. Uh, methods of protection against the evil eye. In addition to the use of evil eye amulets, the Greeks would carry incense or the cross as protection against the evil eye. New mothers would keep objects as protection under their pillows or on their heads, and these included red, black, or white strings, a nail, gunpowder, bread, salt, garlic, a ring, indigo blue, or a pair of silver buckles. Each of these objects held a meaning which made it a good defense against the evil eye. For instance, gunpowder symbolized an ability to fight back against the evil eye. The nail symbolized strength. The indigo held its power in its blue coloring. Salt was a symbol of preservation and strength. Wow, that's really interesting to hear that there is so many like precautions to take against evil eye. The only one that I really know of growing up 
and like in my culture is the wearing the amulet the the glass amulet and even then those are not only in blue i've seen them in a bunch of different colors there's also the i think it's called ojo de venado which it's like a it's a seed but that translates to like a, a deer eye or a doe eye if you i'm if you know what i'm talking about i'm you can picture it. i'm having a hard time describe uh, describing it but it's like a brown kind of seed almost like a nut and it's hollow i think but people like tie it into a bracelet or they beat it onto a bracelet and then also like the touching and that's like a that's like a those are forms of protection and then there's also remedies here on this website it says if these preventative steps failed however the greeks had many more remedies against the evil eye in some villages the fur of a bear would be burned to cure the curse in others romany person would massage the forehead to get rid of the ill effects of the evil eye that's interesting here it says the g word i'm not sure if it's being used in the same context um if you don't know what that word is i i suggest reading about about Romani people and their culture. There are unfortunately some slurs that have been used and are still used against them. And I'm not comfortable repeating that word. And I don't know the context of this tradition, so I'm not gonna say it. But it's saying what I'm assuming is Romani people would massage the forehead to get rid of the ill effects of the evil eye. This could also be like a folk healer, so like a curandera, curandero, a, a medicine person. Yeah, and that reminds me also of like rubbing the head with the egg. So it, it seems like it's almost just like, it's all about what your intention is. Here it says in many countries, including Greece, Armenia, and Assyria, it is thought that a pinch on the ear will remedy the curse of the evil eye. That's super simple. It says, in Europe, some Christians have the tradition of creating the sign of the cross with their hands, while at the same time pointing the index and pinky finger towards the source of the evil eye. How would you? I'm like, is I'm doing like a Sailor Moon pose <laughs> now that I'm like trying to recreate whatever that is. Sign of the cross with their hands but at the same time pointing the index. Oh, so like doing like the sign of the cross, but pointing your fingers outward. Whoa, that looks intense. <laughs> it says, in Bangladesh, a black dot is drawn on the forehead of children to ward off the evil eye curse. Pretty young women have a secret dot drawn in coal behind their ears to protect against the evil eye. Again, that's something that we read earlier. Let's see, skipping ahead. Evil Eye Modern Life, Evil Eye Jewelry, which I mentioned the bracelets are really, really popular, but I've seen other types of jewelry made like that. Here it's asking if it's just a myth. This is at the end and it's, uh, it says, interestingly, the myth of the evil eye seems to make a lot of sense in our current world. The idea that too much fame, fortune, success, or praise can bring about one's downfall makes, especially in celebrity culture, might reinforce the notion of the evil eye. The above mentioned Miss Lohan and more recently Charlie Sheen are both examples of how the power of success can turn into disaster. Could it be that if Lindsay had been wearing the evil eye sooner, she'd be in better shape? Millions of believers would probably tell you just that. Whatever the case, those most often in the spotlight, such as celebrities or those with success or reasons to be proud, should probably carry with them the protection of an evil eye amulet or evil eye talisman, just to be safe. And then of course, this website, the very last thing it says on this page is, buy now your evil eye protection bracelet. <laughs> um, what if I made evil eye stickers? Oh, I can totally do, I'm gonna make some evil eye stickers. If you all want one, let me know and I'll, I'll decide on a price to sell them to you all. Oh, also I have an Etsy page while we're here. It's, uh, if you just go to Etsy and you search Aiden Makes, and uh, that's my page. I have like two things on there because I just started. I'll, I'll put more stuff on there. But yeah, I'm gonna put some evil eye stickers on there. This is very, this is a very interesting page and I didn't read all of it. So if you wanna read the rest of it, you're gonna have to find that in the Sisto Google Docs. 
Okay, this is one that I wanted to read also. This is from Michigan State University. Anthropology Online Courses. Uh, this isn't too super long. Cool. It says, Evil Eye in the Mexican and Central American Culture. This is probably what I'm more familiar with. It says, uh, this was posted on July 14th of 2014 by Haley Mako. Okay, so this says, Belief in the Evil Eye or Mal de Ojo is a cultural bound syndrome in traditional Mexican and Central American culture. According to the superstition, this illness results from the perception that some people possess innate strength, the power to harm those without this advantage. The weak included women, elderly, babies, and young children, while men or wealthy and politically influential individuals make up the strong. Okay. <laughs> it's like, hmm, interesting that uh, marginalized people are deemed weaker and more powerful people are deemed more powerful. Like, of course, wealthy and politic politically influential men are gonna be the ones with more power. Of course, like as always. Ugh. Anyway, this can uh, this no hate to this writer. That's just that's the way things are. So of course it's gonna play into our superstitions. So this continues. Moreover, it was strongly feared that when a powerful person stares at a weak individual, the eyes of the strong person drain the power and soul from the weak one, regardless of intentions. In these cultures, the condition can also occur when an individual stares at something or someone with admiration. The person observed may become sick and a valued object, unless touched shortly after a person with evil eyes appreciated it, may become broken. Reported afflictions by those so basically this sentence of what I'm because I don't understand what I'm reading right now for some reason. I'm assuming it's saying that the people that have reported suffering from evil eye report inconsolable crying, fitful sleep, diarrhea, vomiting, and fever. There are several reasons as to why the eye symbolizes this distressing occurrence or culture-bound syndrome as defined in lecture. On the five senses, the evil eye is most embodied in the brain. The anatomists exp explain the eye as the window to the brain. The poet calls the eye the window to the soul. The visual communication that occurs between a newborn and its mother has been determined to be critical in the development both physically and psychologically of the infant. Additionally, a penetrating stare expresses dominance, control, and forcefulness, pressuring the weak individual to divert their eyes from the gaze of a commanding figure. You know, that reminds me of, I don't know if you all have been watching the that Night Stalker series on Netflix. I, I just watched, watched it this last week and it was really interesting. And one of the things that he's a complete piece of shit and it's not interesting because of him. It's interesting because of the response the community had to him. And um, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. And I'm glad that they gave the community the credit that they deserve for putting an end to his nightmare. But anyway, one of the things that they focused on in one of the episodes is his eyes and the way his eyes looked and a lot of his victims that survived they reported like never forgetting his eyes and he just had like this evil look in his eye and so yeah maybe sometimes uh power it isn't sourced from being from being wealthy because richard ramirez was not a wealthy person he was just an evil person where he drew his power from maybe his evilness was his source of power and so it just kind of like became like a cycle and that's why he looked that way he or he had that look in his eye like who knows i don't intend to try to understand why a killer does what they do especially someone like the night stalker because he did terrifying horrible things to people it, this was just interesting to me especially right here like it's uh, additionally a penetrating stare expresses dominance control and forcefulness pressuring the weak individual to divert their eyes from the gaze of a commanding figure but also i don't want to call 
his victims weak because sometimes you're not weak and an evil person is just more evil than you you know like it's just i i never want to put any blame on someone that suffered something you know but i just thought i i just wanted to point that connection out that i made in my brain so this continues the traditional cure for mal de ojo in rural mexico involves the practices of a curandero a curandero which are shamans or traditional folk healers use a raw egg to treat this illness by passing a raw egg over the inflicted victim the negative power the person with the evil eye possesses is absorbed. The egg is then covered with a straw cross that is to be positioned beneath their head while they slumber. The next morning, the curandero examines the form of the egg by cracking it to determine in their efforts if their efforts resulted in success for the sufferer. The shape of the yolk can also convey the gender of the enemy. Wow, I'd never heard that. I'm gonna, that's interesting. It says another exercise recommended to treat the symptoms of this illness and return the soul is for the strong person to move their hand over the forehead of the weakened individual. The superstition of the evil eye is important in Mexican culture because it explicates how disease is perceived in their culture, that people can become victims by the destructive behavior of others. In addition, that fear in their culture may arise from the envy of others. And then there's some sources, there's like three sources down here. Also, that's very interesting. The way that this ended, it says that people become victims by the destructive behavior of others and how usually the ones causing the destruction, as mentioned above, are wealthy, politically influential men. And it's something that, I mean, I, I, I talk about pretty often. Okay, I'm gonna read this one and then I'm gonna tell a story that I've heard. And I feel like there's different versions of this story. So I wanted to save it towards the end because it's short, it's like, three sentences this is a three sentence story but it's something that i've heard a few times so i'm gonna read this one this is from haunted places and ghost stories in san antonio texas it says the evil eye but a mexican culture called el malojo it says a few days ago a friend of mine told me of her conversation she had with the man at the grocery line the whole conversation started because of the man's curiosity with mexican culture mainly superstition also this was posted may 30th 2011 says needless to say ignorance is bliss when this man asked why mexicans or latinos for better words are superstitious she turned and smiled and said what do you mean he said for example he had a lady touch his shirt and said to him i wanted to touch your shirt because i don't want to give you ojo or maybe it was an easy way to come on to him without him knowing it says if you're not familiar with the term giving you ojo it's a term used to wish someone bad luck unintentionally because you like what that person is wearing or eating or anything involving that person in front of you. So the superstition to counter it is to touch the item or sometimes if someone is admiring your baby to touch the baby. Again, not allowed during COVID times. Or also I'm like, I know it's part of my culture and like, I also kind of believe it, but I, I feel like I'd be like, I don't want strangers touching my baby like ever, even without a pandemic. <laughs> this says she went on to explain that El Malojo's origin is pretty much a universal superstition such as in Greece or in many religions and religions such as in Turkey where glass amulets are worn to ward off the evil eye. You hear it more with Hispanic culture because of the cultural beliefs such as people placing a horseshoe on top of their door or carrying a rabbit's foot or wearing green for St. Patrick's for good luck. Superstitions are a form of traditions which have been passed on from generation to generation, which is why when Latinos have babies, they are given an amulet for a baby to wear, what is called el ojo de venado. That's what I'm talking about, eye of the deer, which is not a real eye. It is a sea bean given to babies to counter any mal ojo. A sea bean. I thought it was a seed. Let me let me do a quick Google search. What's a seed bean? Or a, a sea bean. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. I'm looking at sea beans are seeds and seed pods. It is a seed. 
<laughs> Sorry, I was right. I'm looking at the pictures too. It says, uh, sea beans are seeds and seed pods from tropical plants that float the world's oceans for years before appearing at the Padre Island National Seashore. These sea beans or drift seeds float very well and may ride the tides for years before finally coming to rest on shore. Oh my God, I love that even more. This like this like whole like symbolism of these seeds just like floating through the ocean because like the ocean is seeing as like a massive cleanser or the ocean washes away all things like negative and evil and so I'm that makes me so happy to see this and yeah I'm looking at pictures now if you see them some of them do kind of look like eyes or like deer eyes let me see if I can find sea bean yeah yeah they're they're like they're beaded through on a bracelet that is so awesome okay I don't have one of these but now I really want one especially after reading that okay so let me go back to this I'm so happy that this was on this page it says well the man looked at her indifferent I guess because she had a pretty in extensive insight on where the malojo came from as he was walking to his car his phone fell could it have been the malojo who knows but my friend walked away with a smile knowing that she was able to give this guy some insight that the evil eye is not just an isolated belief Anyway, speaking of Latino folklore, the belief is if you think you got the effects of the evil eye, you can cure yourself with an egg, which is called curar con un huevo. I'm putting this in the Google Doc as well. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and cut it there because I literally could talk about this forever. I'm going to put some more links in the Google Doc just for fun because I'm having fun looking through these links. There's four in there right now. I, I'm going to put, I don't know how many more I'll put in there, but I'll, I'll put some more. But before I do end this story or context, this like context episode, I want to share that story that I heard. So again, it's really short and I'm sure a lot of you have heard this before. It's one of those like different, like there's different versions of it. But one, <clears throat> I, I don't even remember what I heard it from but basically there was a child who got maldojo really really bad and the family they couldn't figure out who gave this kid ojo it was a little girl she was really young and of course because kids are more susceptible she got very very sick so like in like a last in a like last ditch effort to heal this child because they were very sick the mother she did the she rubbed her with an egg she did the prayers and all that to absorb all the maldojo and then she did the whole process like put it in a glass left it overnight under the kid and the next day she looked at it and she saw like it was just really bad like apparently when she read the egg this kid had madeojo really really bad and again the kid was like extremely sick they were really worried for her so the mom was so upset that someone gave her child ojo that bad that she took the egg that was in the glass and it's usually it's in water too so i don't know how this worked out but the story goes that she took the egg from the glass she threw it in a pan and she cooked it she just like scrambled the fuck out of the egg and that day her uncle or her or either the mom's uncle or the kid's uncle which would be the mom's brother or brother-in-law that day like after that morning that morning that she fried the egg later in the day the uncle he was in some sort of accident and he lost his eye and that's the story <laughs> i tried to make it as like lengthy and interesting as possible but isn't that so interesting like thinking of everything that i just read and i just shared with you all a kid gets sick and got really really sick because as we read children are super vulnerable to madojo got really sick the mom did the remedy of the egg and praying and putting it under the bed which again we read about one thing that we didn't read, read about is how people basically when they do the egg method and at this it probably because this isn't common knowledge but i have heard of this and i've had talked with people about this how basically people can do like reversal or uh, what's the word not i don't want to say back i like 
guess like revenge, like reversal or revenge magic or brujeria to send the ojo back to the person that did it. And so that's what this mom did. And we didn't read about that part. But again, this is something that I've I've known about. And then when it was sent back to whoever, like she, when she was cooking it, again, part of the story is that when she's cooking it, she's like, her intention is like, she's sending it back to whoever did this to her kid. And it turns out it was the, it was the uncle because it reaches him and he loses an eye. Again, as we read, the eyes hold the power. The eyes are where that mal de ojo, that curse or what have you, is transmitted it's sent out through the eyes so telling that story now or like thinking about it again right now after everything that i just read all together it makes a lot of sense it checks out to me <laughs> i if someone when i now someone to tell me that story but even when they told me i already did i'm like yeah i believe it it makes sense if you've ever had mal de ojo done to you leave a comment <laughs> Leave a comment. No, but really, I would love to hear it. If you've ever experienced mal de ojo, or like you think someone gave you evil eye, or you have your own story about how it happened to you and you had the egg done and the egg looked weird or whatever, or you sent it back to whoever gave it to you, I actually do really want to know about that. I think it'd be super cool to hear about it. And again, you already know how to send in any of the stories, comments, email, reviews, whatever. And I'll probably go over that on the last little bit of the episode, so. Okay, folks, thank you so much for listening. Again, super appreciate it. Lots of things going on over here <laughs> at the Susto headquarters. If you have your own scary story that you want me to share, like the video and the audio that I shared at the beginning of the episode, you can send that to me on the social medias at Susto Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can email it to me to SustoPodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a five-star review and leave the story in the review. However you want to get that stuff to me, get it to me. I love to see it, to hear it, to read it, to share it. And and yeah, again, if you want a Susto hoodie, because there's, there's, there's a lot of people that are out there that have one, and I'm just going to say it. They look really cool in their sister hoodies uh, or a t-shirt. Let me know. Send me a message if you want the white or the hologram and I'll let you know how much they cost and uh, uh, shipping and all that. Yeah. And uh, keep your eyes out on the, the social medias. I'm going to make some Maldojo stickers. And yeah, it, I'll probably send those out to all my patrons. And then if you want one, uh, just let me know. And I'll... Uh, I'll see about how much I'll sell them to you, probably for like three or five dollars. So I'm going to do this again. If you haven't heard it in not the last episode, maybe the episode before that, at the very end of the episode, I did. I left a little Easter egg for people. I said, if you're listening this far, leave a comment that says this and I'll give you a Susto pin. And I did it for three of them, both for the patrons and for non-patrons. And so... Um, I didn't even I didn't end up giving away all six because it was three for each group. I, some, some people did. They listened all the way and they left the comment that I asked and they got their goodies. So thank you so much for doing that. I'm going to do that again today. So in the comments, go ahead and leave an evil eye emoji. You know, leave three of them just for good measure, just for extra protection. Leave three of the, the evil eye emojis in the comments of any of the social media posts. This is for non-patron people because patrons, you're going to get an evil eye sticker anyway. So for non-patron people, non-patron people, leave a three evil eye emojis in the comments of the social medias. Don't say anything else. Just leave that and I'll send you, I'll send you a sticker and you're going to have one week from Friday because this episode is going up on Thursday for patrons, Friday for everybody else. So on the 29th, you have until the 29th to do that. 
Okay, and I'll, I'll do it like the way that my professors do it. You have until 11.59 and 59 seconds on January 29th to submit those comments. And if you do, three of you will get a, a, an evil eye sticker. I'm going to make some here at home. Thank you so much for listening. I super appreciate it. I will talk to you all next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode because I really did. And stop staring, okay? Bye.